You're listening to DraftKings Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's good, everybody? Welcome to another The Cooligans, our penultimate Women's World Cup daily episode. We are previewing the Women's World Cup final between England and Spain. It's going to be quite exciting. I'm excited for today's show because I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, our, our first returning returning guest from <laughs> uh, for the Women's World Cup uh, daily. Uh, we spoke to him uh, a couple weeks ago. And now we can, uh, I don't know, commiserate over the U.S. Women's National Team being out of this uh, World Cup and not being in the final. Uh, journalist, incredible journalist for Fox Sports. Please give it up for Doug McIntyre. Doug, what's up, man? How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for the honor. I didn't, I didn't know that before you just said it, so it's a privilege, man. No problem, man. Um, you are, uh, uh, you know, obviously we we only get the most informed of informed people to to come back on the show. So we we appreciate you taking the time. We got to get right into it because uh, just uh, uh, you know a few uh, you know hours ago or a few moments ago from uh, you know from U.S. Soccer, we get the confirmation that Vlatko Andonovsky, head coach for the U.S. Women's National Team, has resigned. He said, "You ain't firing me." Cause I quit. <laughs> he got ahead of the he got ahead of the game, and uh, but you know I think everybody kind of expected this to happen. Maybe not this uh, you know immediately, um, but uh, you wrote a piece on it and uh, just your your quick thoughts on on getting this news today. Yeah, I mean some people think that it should have been done you know ten days ago or whatever. Right. I think it was September. <laughs> uh, sorry, August sixth. Uh, the U.S. went out. Um, yeah, so it's it's been a little bit of time. I think that was, you know, to you know to let everyone get get back home and, and but yeah, it was a it was an inevitable decision. Um, the worst World Cup performance by any U.S. team uh, ever at a Women's World Cup. So uh, when you add in the fact that the U.S. didn't win the Olympics, they were uh, they were the bronze medalist in Tokyo two summers ago. The standards for this team, this women's team, have been set so high that anything less than a title is a failure and to go out in the round of 16 um, after having never finished worse than third at, a, at any of the previous eight Women's World Cups. The writing was on the wall, even in the post-match press conference after the U.S. was eliminated. Um, half the questions asked of Laco were about his future. He didn't get into it then, um, but it was obvious that, that this was going to happen. Um, and again, it, it could have happened a week ago, but uh, was made official just a few hours ago, like you said, and uh, you know now the talk comes to who might replace Vlako Andonovsky at the at the helm of the best women's team of all time. Yeah, and when it when it comes to uh, you know, it, it's not a shock that he is uh, that he is gone uh, from that role. But you know, there there's been a, an interesting debate from a lot of people, even in, even within media, just all over uh, Twitter, just um, the the conversation of of like we told you. 
We told you so. He probably shouldn't have been the manager at at the World Cup. What was the after the Olympics? Have you gotten any sort of have these questions sort of been asked about after the Olympics? Was there any real consideration to go with anyone else? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, the commitment was a four year. It's a four year cycle. And I think in a lot of ways, Vlaco got a pass on the performance in the Olympics. By the way, you know, they lost in the semifinals to Canada, a team that they probably outplayed. They probably should have made the final. Um, but it was a weird Olympics. I mean, it was postponed a year because of COVID. The games were played inside of empty stadiums. So really weird year. I mean, family weren't really able to come, come over. The players themselves weren't allowed to, you know, be together in a real kind of setting right. inside of in the locker room before matches and on the field. They they ate in their, in their own pods of, of two or three players to prevent the spread of infection. I mean, just completely abnormal. And I think that when U.S. soccer assessed that tournament, um, which, by the way, was, you know, it was it was interesting because Vlaco, he was hired, was given a mandate to turn over the program pretty significantly to bring in a lot of new blood. Um, we saw that start to happen at those Olympics uh, and certainly continued at, at the World Cup uh, th this summer. So in a lot of ways, I think that it, it wasn't looked at as thing that was, I mean, obviously you're not going to win every single major tournament, although the U.S. has won more than half of the major tournaments are had coming into this World Cup, Olympics, and World Cup combined. Um, so a third place finished not the end of the world as long as you do well at the next World Cup, which obviously didn't happen. So, um, again, you can look back and say the writing was on the wall. I think there were some very valid criticisms um, and, and concerns over the last – Four years, but not all of those were down to Blanco. I think it's always difficult for a program that's sort of in tradition, uh, in transition rather, where you have had these great servants that have been on the team for so long, that have won you a World Cup in 2015 and again in 2019. It's very hard to move on from some of those players and bring in completely new blood. So it was in very, it was very much a, a team that was kind of caught between two generations, um, which I think would have made it a difficult job for anybody a lot of injuries uh, that, that impacted how the U.S. performed uh, in, in New Zealand and Australia, but they should have done better than they did. And ultimately, that's why Blacko and Danofsky was let go or, yeah. res or resigned. It was by mutual <laughs> consent. Let, let's, let's be honest here. He was not getting renewed, uh, renewed but yes, he officially right, right. Uh, resigned from his post. Yeah. Right, right, right. You know, he did, they did the, you know, it was mutual. It's not you, it's me. You know, it's a, it's a very traditional, <laughs> you know, people break yeah. up differently nowadays. It's all good. Um, so, and you did, you did mention the, uh, the fact that they obviously are looking for, uh, new candidates. The, the, um, the interim coach, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to butcher her name, uh, Twila, Twila, Twila Kilgore. Twilight. Twilight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. is the interim coach uh, for now. But as far as what you're hearing uh, when it comes to a, a, you know, a new name uh, to lead this team, uh, is, there a, is there anyone in particular that, that like bubbles up more than other candidates? I think there is. I think the first name that came to my mind, and I, I wrote a story that had 10 candidates, some of them far-fetched, some of them a little out there, and some of, them, some of them very realistic. And at the top of that list would be Laura Harvey, she came very close to getting the job four years ago. U.S. went with Andonovsky and said, by the way, based on a lot of player feedback, uh, Andonovsky came very highly regarded, um, very good, uh, you know, at player management, uh, which was I think was an important thing. Um, there was some tension with Jill Ellis, with some of the senior players, you know, even though she did as well as, as she did winning in 2019, 
Um, but Laura, Laura Harvey nearly got the job. So I would think U.S. soccer will go back to her. It's interesting. She just signed a new contract with the OL Reign in the U.S. Um, so the thought was that maybe she wouldn't be available or maybe wouldn't even be interested this time around. She seems to prefer the interaction of, of day club job. Um, but within 48 hours of the U.S. getting eliminated, Harvey came out and said, look, it's the best job in the world. It's an honor if my name you know, is associated with it. It hadn't really been at that point. So the fact that she said that makes me think that there's there's still a chance that um, or a good chance that she would be strongly considered. And, and if she says she's available and, and interested, um, she certainly will be considered. Uh, Tony Gustafson, who was Jill Alice's assistant on 2018 and 2015 champions, just led Australia um, to an amazing run that ended to England in the semis. They'll play for a third place on Saturday. He's a guy that obviously knows U.S. soccer well. They know him well. Um, so I think that, you know, those two, I, I think, are, are the first two that come to mind when we're talking about possible replacements for Black Lewandowski. Yeah, I know. I saw a tweet from uh, from Carly Lloyd, and she had mentioned somebody had asked, uh, you know, about Tony uh, and bringing him on yeah. as as the coach. And I, I thought her her response was actually kind of interesting. She said that that U.S. Soccer, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember. I don't have the tweet in front of me, but it essentially said that uh, uh, U.S. Soccer should go in a different direction with like essentially new yeah. blood because there's too much. She used the words there's too much history there with, uh, yeah. and, and that's an interesting thing and I don't know if it's a um a, a negative in the sense like maybe a personal uh, relationship with the former uh, uh co coaching staff or is I mean too much history to me is like they won a whole bunch with that history why yeah. not bring bring that back yeah yeah it's a it's a fair it's a fair question I mean that that can swing both ways as you know one name I didn't mention and I think it's important to um, is Serena Begman, and I, you know, she's guided England to the World Cup final. She was the coach of. She's she's Dutch. She guided her native Netherlands to the final four years ago. U.S. lost. Um, believe that's the only World Cup game she's ever lost. Um, so she won the Euros with England uh, last summer. She's the best coach in the world. She she is that's that's her reputation. She is the the Pep Guardiola of women's soccer. She is the number one. Um, England has come out. The English FA has come out and said like preemptively that we're going to rebuff any approach for, for Serena. <laughs> we want her to be with us. She's under contract to 2025, but we know how these things work. Um, if she wants to leave, it's going to be very hard to keep her. There's no indication that she does. This is pure speculation. I don't know that U.S. soccer is looking at her, but why wouldn't they be if she's the best coach in the world? This They, they consider this women's program, and rightfully so, the top dog, the, the best job, Laura Harvey said it's the best job in the world. And if it is, then, of course, the best coach you would think would be interested in it, or at least, you know, U.S. soccer wouldn't be doing its due diligence if they didn't at least check out and see if Serena Bigman might be interested. If she goes and wins the World Cup this weekend, um, she's won the Euro, she will have won the Euro, she'll have won the World Cup. Maybe she's ready for a new challenge, and what better challenge is out there than restoring the U.S. women's national team uh, to its its former greatness. It would be amazing to see. There is a there's a part of me that is like if she wins if she wins the World Cup this weekend, and it, it is is it still the best job in the world? Is it? it I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm a yeah I'm clearly a fan. But then when you see the the level of of improvement and you see the quality of of a lot of these English players, there's I I think there's a fair argument to be made that maybe the this this new generation of player or this new generation of even like the way the players are coached, the way they are, the the technical ability on 
all these players on, on this English team are, are so impressive. Is it that easy? Of this? I mean, I'm, maybe I'm answering the question myself, but almost like, is it that easy of a decision, especially after if they win a, a World Cup? Yeah, it's a, it's a fair I mean, I look at the English team and then I look at the U.S. team. Coming into this World Cup, they both had a ton of injuries to key players. I mean, England is down four starters from the team that won the Euros last year. U.S. in a similar position. They lose Mal Swanson. They lose Katarina Macario, uh, Becky Sauerbrunn, even Abi Delkomper, who was a starter as a back yeah. next to Sauerbrunn four years ago. Um, you know, the, the list goes on. The players they were missing, um, you know, Sam Mewis, who was such a great player four years ago when U.S. won. Um, but you look at how England handled their losses compared to how the U.S. handled theirs. There's no question. I mean, you know, U.S. soccer and, and U.S. soccer fans, U.S. women's national team fans like to talk about how deep the U.S. team is. We didn't see the depth get used, really, in, at, at this World Cup, which is one of the major criticisms of Blanco Andonofsky. But maybe it is that, you know, they, they're not quite as deep as you would think. And that's been the impressive thing about the English team, how they, they've had players able to step, step in um, for, for those that were missing. We saw Lauren James get an opportunity. She gets, you know, she gets suspended. There's another player that comes in uh, and, and steps up in her place. So um, I agree with you. You can make the argument. And certainly if England wins uh, the World Cup on the heels of the Euro last year, they're the best team in the world. That they, They've earned that. But again, coaches love a challenge. And, you know, I think that that would be the support for U.S. soccer. Come and help us get back to where we believe we belong. Um, and it's going to be a difficult job for some of the reasons you've just mentioned. The game has grown. Uh, it's going to be very hard for the U.S. to continue to have success on the level that U.S. fans have been used to for decades now. Yeah, we are we're, we are spoiled, and we, I mean, not, not only do we want our players to play well, but we want our coaches to make a couple substitutions. That's not too much to ask. We're, I think we're we're reasonable people. I think for the most part, you know. Uh, but yes, coaches do love a challenge. And Doug, Doug McIntyre, do you know who also loves a challenge? Lionel Messi coming to Major League Soccer, playing in League's Cup, and playing in the League's Cup final this Saturday uh, and, and I know I'm going to be enjoying it uh, with an ice cold uh, Coors Light right there. You see you see the thing right there because uh, it, uh, Leagues Cup uh, uh, meaning Coors Light is the official beer sponsor for uh, Leagues Cup 2023. Have you, uh, Doug, have you been watching Lionel Messi absolutely dominate? <laughs> okay, It's been not, not, nothing short of entertaining. It, it is a, a appointment television uh, uh it's been great i mean uh everybody knows uh you know that this you know this man is gonna dominate ex except for every single team that he plays against uh because they don't know who to mark they don't know what to do uh it's been kind of wild so uh so this summer stay passionate and stay refreshed with the nice cold Coors light the official beer of leaks cup 2023 get Coors light delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart by going to coorslight.com slash cooligans celebrate responsibly Coors brewing company golden colorado uh doug how was that segue how'd that feel very very good love it <laughs> Okay, good, good. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting, it's been 30 days straight of doing this. I feel like I'm getting better at it. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's get to the, uh, the final. Uh, England against Spain. Obviously, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, storylines, uh, a lot of talking points. Uh, you know, both teams got uh, to the final in, in, you know, exciting fashion, to say the least. I mean, uh, you know, if, if it felt a little bit like Australia dropped, you know, missed an opportunity more than England sort of seized it, um, you know, with, with, a, with a few mistakes. But when it comes to in this game uh, and, and this final, which is sort of a strange, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, how do you, what's the byline? How do you market this game? Because some people are like, you know, they really wanted to see Australia there and it would have just been more yeah. heartwarming. Um, so England, Spain, and, it, you know, one has a federation that like you know the, the players and, and a lot of fans are not like happy with and then uh you know the, the english also uh it, it's it, you know there's a um the, the lionesses are easier to support than 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 the than, than the men uh so what what is what's the main thing you're sort of excited about when it comes to this final yeah i mean i think that's i think that's the storyline i mean for you know england has not been in a world cup final on the men's or women's side since 1966, right? As the son of Scottish parents, I, I have to point that out. Um, so it's an amazing opportunity. The ball, it never crossed for, the line, right? It never crossed the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Know, I mean, hey, so, you know, home soil and all those things. Right, to right, see right. if they can win a title. Outside of England, of course, the Euros last year that the, that the Lionesses won. Also, Wembley Stadium. Uh, no controversy around that one. They, they deserve that one for yeah. sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, it's – you know, I think that's, I think that's, it. I mean, the chance to win a World Cup, we know what the sport means in that country. Um, you know, whatever you want to say about how well their national teams have done over the years, there's no question that um, that the people of England live and breathe the sport. Um, and, and they've got, it, it's been fun to watch them get behind uh, this team that, that's made, you know, making them proud. And, and you know, can they do it? I mean, the, the storyline for a lot of us coming in was can the U.S. repeat? Uh, or three-peat, I should say, do what no team men's or women's has ever done, win three World Cups in a row. Uh, but now it's, you know, can England win the World Cup final? Now, now they've made it. I thought they outplayed Australia by a pretty good margin uh, in, the, in the semifinal. I, I agree as, you know, as a neutral. It was, Australia was a great story. I would love to have seen them play in the final in front of a packed house in Sydney. Um, they'll still get the opportunity to play for third place, which is, is not nothing. And they've, they can be proud of the way they perform. Uh, but player for player, England's a better team. There's no doubt about that. They and they showed that in that match. So very interesting match. Contrast in styles, Christian. You mentioned the the technical ability of the English players. Um, you know that's true. But Spain is more technical, as you would as yeah. you would expect. They are. You know, once they get the ball, very hard to get get it off them. Uh, and they've been very impressive all term, tournament as well. So I think it'll be England's toughest game. You know, they haven't been super convincing. Like. You know they had they it took penalty kicks to get past Nigeria. They weren't great in the group stage, but they've slowly grown into the tournament. Um, but they can't sleep on Spain because if they do, they're going to lose. So um, I'm like everyone else, just hoping for a great final. But I think as a neutral, 
know, can England break that that long drought on the world stage? I mean, that that's what uh, what the question that we all want answered uh, is on Sunday morning. Yeah, there's a um, there's a certain level of of, of pleasure and joy sometimes for a lot of non-English people seeing England fail in times when they really need to step up. And, but I don't think this, it's the same exact, uh, you know, uh, story with, uh, uh, with, uh, on the women's side. I think it, it is a, an incredible story, um, you know, given that, you know, uh, football was banned in England for women for uh, a very long time. And it's a, it's a uh, you know, to get to this point, it, it's a, there's a, I think it, there's a, a banter that uh, Americans are afraid of that if England wins, uh, that that you know Twitter will be insufferable for for a couple of days. Uh, <laughs> but but so it's like as a, if you're a neutral, it, it's a it, it, the two interesting stories. I mean, even for the for the Spanish side, like what if what if they win? What happens? With their issues with the with the federation, uh, what what's what can we sort of expect? Because it, it seems like a, a very uh, a complicated, a lot of complicated emotions with that as well. Yeah, totally. In fact, I mean, so you know, Japan beat Spain for you know, Spain starts the tournament great, like they look fantastic. Um, they lose to Japan in the group stage pretty badly, and. You know, at that point, you're saying, ah, like, are, are the wheels going to fall off this team? Are they, are they not, uh, they not the real deal? And to your point, they've had a lot of issues with, uh, you know, internally of 15 players boycotting the team last year, demanding that, you know, the coach, uh, Jorge Vilda, be fired, basically, or, or, you know, change his methods that some players said were abusive. Of, the, of those 15, there's only three that have come back to the team. So they're missing starters, you know, players that were starters on that squad aren't there. To, so to see them continue to have success, you know, we talked about the England, the, the injuries England has had in, in the U.S., Spain without a ton of their, their players too. So to be able to do that on top of, of everything. Um, and Alexia Patel is the, the best player in the world, the, the winner of the last two Ballon d'Or trophies. Uh, we, we thought she would play a larger role to this point. She hasn't. And they still haven't missed a beat. I mean, she's only started two of the games. She's 155 minutes total, yeah. um, which is amazing. I mean, it's it's just it's it, it's crazy what they're doing. Um, so yeah, great story in their own in their own right. And you know, I, I don't think you can say that they're not capable of winning it at this point, um, given all they've done so far. Yeah, did you uh, did you see the uh, I forgot which uh, the the victory over I forgot who what what, te- what country but the uh, when they were all celebrating and they just didn't they just completely ignored the coach uh, I mean we've seen constant videos of just like a, kind of the training staff being being you know just like not, not wanting almost have any interaction outside of just playing uh, playing in the matches and it's a yeah, it's it's just just odd. I mean, I've never seen anything like this where there's there's just public contention and frustration uh, in press conferences on the field that they are not happy and they they it's like it's just winning in spite of of everything going on is is kind of remarkable and and it, yeah. it's it's a strange thing because we don't know should should the 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 coaching staff should the federation be. Um, praised in some way but and you can't say they, they can't be praised at all uh but yeah. it, it's like who's 
you know, I, I mean, I think for the most part, the, the public will always kind of side with the players, uh, given that, you know, when you hear the, the allegations and, and everything that they're mentioning, you're like, all right, this sounds like a, a, a pretty like, I don't know, uh, uh, just a, a frustrating sort of coach, very strict, um, just not very respectful. And uh, and it, it, it'll you know, is it is this a, a badge of honor for the Federation if they end up winning and does nothing change? So it, it'll be something really cool, uh, uh, you know, kind of just to keep track of and see what see what changes. I want to do something uh, real quick before we wrap up. Uh, just some some rapid fire thoughts on, on some of the uh, uh, interesting stories th throughout um, uh, this World Cup. Uh, we already kind of covered one with the Spanish Federation, so uh, we got your thoughts there. I do want to talk about just the, the, uh, the response to the U.S. Women's National Team losing and, and uh, you know, not making it very far uh, in the World Cup. But a lot of the comments have been just about their mindset and that they weren't focused on winning and they didn't have this mentality that was necessary what what when you first uh heard that what what was your first uh thought i mean you obviously talk to these players a yeah. lot uh what did you think when you uh saw those comments i'm kind of a two minds christian part of things are ridiculous like I, I this team wanted to win i don't think motivation was their problem um i don't think they were i don't think they were arrogant i think there's a confidence when you play for the u.s women's national team for the program that's won the more world cups than anyone else when you're on a team that had won the last two world cups coming into the tournament um you know there there's you're gonna have a swagger um so i don't really buy that argument but watching the first three matches right i thought they played pretty well against uh, against sweden even though they lost in, in all these um, there was a sense of urgency in that game that I hadn't seen in the group stage. So when I look at the group stage, and particularly the group finale against Portugal, being in the stadium and watching that performance, was, it was a shockingly poor performance for a, a game of that magnitude. And part of it was there just didn't seem to be that urgency that the situation required. Um, so that, that, that did stand out. So if there's criticism from that, I can get it. But, you know, some of the other stuff, like the, the dancing, the taking the pictures, the suits they wear, I don't buy any of that, that that's anything to do why the U.S. went out when they went out. They went out in the round of 16 because they weren't that good this time around. I mean, I think that's the bottom line. There were some coaching aids, but there were, there were, there were injuries that forced players out of position. There were, there were not enough players that were able to, to, to make something happen on their own. And that's something that we've seen in, in, in every World Cup before. And it just wasn't there this time. And that's fine. I mean, it's always going to be, you know, you're not always going to have the best team in every tournament as much as that's what we've come to expect. So, yeah, I don't I don't put a ton of stock in that they didn't want it back at all. Oh. Okay, so Doug, you need to get into our comment section on some of our clips and let these people know that it is, they can dance for, and, and you know it had nothing to do with the final outcome. But people, there's a very there's a very interesting there's a like almost a performative act, aspect to being like an athlete and like being a, a, a killer and like you gotta you gotta show that at all time. Like almost anything opposite of being uh, you know black mamba type play type of person yeah. is a sign of weakness and it's like all right i mean they, they just they've been so dominant so long i'm gonna 
I'm going to follow their lead because what they've been doing for uh, over a decade has been seems to have been working out. It just didn't work out this time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Next up, uh, the non-European uh, teams. Uh, they've obviously a lot of the other regions looked uh, pretty remarkable uh, in World Cup. Obviously, yeah. in the South America, uh, South American uh, cl- uh, uh, countries, the uh, the African uh, countries. What, what what do you think of just this? Uh, you know, obviously the the Women's World Cup was expanded for the first time, and we we didn't we didn't see the you know U.S. Thailand score lines right. well not we saw a, a couple but nothing crazy like um uh, like that one uh what did you think of just the growth of the uh, the, the other nations amazing i mean when fifa decided to expand from 24 to 32 teams they did that thinking that there would be wild like the 13 nothing record 13 nothing us went over thailand in the opener of, of 2019 um but it was by design it was the, the thought was we have to expo- expose teams to the highest level it's, the, it's going to be the fastest way to close the gap. It might take their lumps, but they'll be that much better prepared time around. And, to, like, you're right. That really kind of didn't happen. And, you know, I look at a team like, you know, Morocco makes, makes the World Cup, the first Arab nation to make it um, to the Women's World Cup. That's an amazing story off the bat. A team that, you know, wouldn't have been there maybe if it's not expanded. They go out and lose 6 nothing Germany in the first game, and it's like, all right, like, that, that's fine, but he, they're still here. You know, they've still made it. Their country can be proud of them. You know, and then they, they advanced again ahead of Germany. Germany goes out of the group stage. Yeah. The second most successful team uh, ever, Germany, with two World Cup wins. So, I mean, that, that speaks to the growth of the women's game more than anything else. We saw Haiti play England type. We saw what Jamaica did, right? Like, I mean, there's so many great stories. The Philippines, um, tons, of, tons of teams not from, from Europe or, or North America, that have made a name for themselves in this World Cup. And that that's the greatest thing for me to watch um, as a neutral, to see that, you know, there's so many teams out there that all they needed was the opportunity. Um, and they, you know, they can they can have the best in the world. And it's, you know, it speaks to the increase in coaching and, and tactics yeah. and understanding. I mean, you know, these teams come in and they're, to be, they're, they're organized defensively, where that maybe wasn't the case in the past. They... You know, they know how to get a result. They know the game. They're, they're smart players. They're, I mean, it's it's just, uh, it's been amazing. It's been such a great World Cup. I'm sad that it's going to end. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's it makes everyone, should make everyone excited for World Cup four years from now, potentially on U.S. On US soil right. if, if that happens. Right. So, I'm, I'm uh, uh, we'll see. Yeah, this World Cup has made me, uh, especially with the, with that gap uh, closing between a lot of the countries, uh, it, it's just remarkable. It's not the, 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 the standard, you know, winners, you know, like G- Germany and uh, Sweden, Netherlands or whatever that we're used to seeing. And they and we know that they're going to win. Um, and it, it, it's, it's exciting seeing teams like Colombia just pl- play just amazing, amazing uh, football. So, uh, OK, great. Now, last one. We we are going to now, now we know we we will we will have a first time uh, winner uh, uh, for for uh, for the women's World Cup, uh, England or Spain. My uh, general question: Who's it mean more to? Who who's what's what's like? What country is being more positively impacted by uh, by a win uh, this weekend? I think it has to be England, Christian, for some of the reasons you just mentioned. Um, you know. Soccer, not, you know, little girls weren't allowed to play not that long ago. You know, we're, we're talking yeah. 50 years ago, um, you know, where, where you couldn't play soccer, organized soccer, if you were a girl, which is, 
which is insane. There was no women's national team, no women's league. Um, and again, a soccer mad nation that has a chance to win the World Cup for the first time in almost 60 years. There's no better story than that. So, um, you know, I, what England has accomplished already in winning the Euros and getting to final has changed the, the landscape of the women's game in England, but there's nothing like a World Cup win. Um, and if they get that done, then yeah, I think I think it would be an amazing story, and uh, I think it would mean more to the people of England um, than it would for for Spanish people if they were to win. But it would mean a lot for Spain too. Don't don't get me wrong. But if you, you ask me whether I'd have to say England, right, uh, and, for, for all those reasons. Yeah, yeah and, and Spain won a World Cup uh, not too long ago, so it's uh you know it's definitely in people's. They got this. Yeah, yeah they're, they're good. They're good for now. They're good for now. They're good for now. They're good for now. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Yeah, look, the, the World Cup's obviously this uh, this Sunday uh, at uh, the final at 6 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, I, I'm excited to watch it. It's going to be great. This has been a, a wild uh, World Cup. In, incredible, uh, you know, storylines, seeing the growth of the game. Um, the comment section on everything has been crazy. Uh, so it's, uh, people, people are active this, uh, this World Cup uh, more than ever. So, uh, Doug McIntyre, thank you so much uh, for joining me. Just uh, let people know uh, where they can uh, find you and follow you and, uh, you know, where they can check out your work. Yeah, Fox, Fox Sports, um, just me, my colleagues, Martin Rogers, Lake and Lippman, who will be at the final on Sunday. Uh, check out, out all our work there. Uh, I'm on Twitter by Doug McIntyre. Um, but yeah, great tournament to cover. Great to talk about with you, man. And uh, yeah, enjoy the final on Sunday. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, everybody, make sure you uh, subscribe uh, to this podcast on whether it's on, on YouTube. Uh, and yes, and we're, we will be back. Our final episode uh, is going to be on Sunday. Uh, we will do uh, a great episode. We're going to be in studio. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, you know, after you watch the game, uh, and after you uh, have your breakfast, uh, you can, <laughs> you can watch, uh, watch the Cooligans and uh, we'll recap the final. So, as always, make sure you subscribe uh, on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't yet. And we will be back on Sunday with our final episode of the Women's World Cup Daily. It's been a wild ride. Thank you so everybody for uh, you know for joining us so far. We got one more. And it's gonna be great. Doug McIntyre. I'm Christian Polanco. Peace everybody. <laughs>